This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Dr. Robert Silverman, welcome to the show. Dr. Mark, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> I am not a doctor, sir, but thank you so much for- You in my, you have an honorary doctorate in my mind because knowledge is power and you are sharing a lot of great knowledge with everybody. Well, I really appreciate that. But before we get started, in about 30 seconds or so, who are you and what do you do in the world? Great. My, that elevator speech. My name is Dr. Rob Silverman. I'm Amazon bestselling author of Inside Out Health, ACA Sports Council Chiropractic Year, and my mission is to create health for future generations starting now. I, I love that. And one of the things you want to talk about, which I'm very fascinated about, is the gut-brain axis because a lot of people don't understand, and I think you agree with this, that the gut is like the second brain. And if we're not taking care of our gut, then our entire body's out of whack. Is that true? Absolutely. The gut is actually the second brain because it has its own nervous system called the enteric nervous system. For me, the gut is the epicenter of health. It's where 80% of your immune cells lie. It's where your macro and micro, your food and vitamins and minerals are absorbed. Wow. So what do you think people are doing? Is it doing wrong? Is it because it's so easy to eat highly processed foods with a lot of crap in it? Is that, is that the problem we're having? It's so easy to get this, this the, the junk food these days? Great lead in. That's one of the biggest problems that we're having. The food that we consume, this standard American diet, the acronym is SAD, yeah. reading too many sugars, too many processed food, too many emulsifiers, too many toxins. Right now, because of the health pandemic, we're stressed. So this all puts a um, strain on that gut epithelial lining. So you know that epithelial lining is really thin. It's a single layer epithelial lining that is the thickness of a wet paper towel. That's your gut. So it's easily permeable. You know, people know that when you eat Oreo cookies or ice cream or donuts, we know that that is not good for us. But the problem is it tastes so good. And we're like, oh, broccoli. Would I rather have a donut or broccoli? And I think that's the problem. You know, you make a great point there. Of course, I mean, the donut's very tasty. And one of the reasons that people love the donut is the fact that there's sugar in there. And sugar is a toxin. Sugar works with the reward center of the brain. When mice were offered sugar, 94% of the mice took the sugar over cocaine. So that's one of the things. Sugar is the most overused drug, over-the-counter drug in America today. Broccoli the, uh, does taste good. The issue with broccoli is most people, just like you said, don't like it raw. So one thing I want to say is healthy dishes and healthy foods can taste good. Mm. Are you familiar with Gary Taub, The Case Against Sugar? Yeah, so much so that the book is sitting right in front of me. And his next book, The Case of Keto, is right here. Excellent author to talk about conversation of sugar. The average American consumes 160 pounds of sugar per year. That's almost a half a pound of sugar. The average American consumes 146 pounds of weight. One more. The average American (laughs) consumes 142 pounds of artificial sweeteners. What is wrong with our diet? Uh, listener, if you have not read uh, The Case Against Sugar, I recommend you go pick it up and Dr. Silverman's book because what he teaches you is before sugar was a thing, we were pretty healthy in this world. And then you can actually see the traces of obesity and health issues as sugar came into different countries. Now it's all over the world. And it's just amazing. You can all track it back to sugar. Absolutely. And, and those numbers speak volumes. And what you said in his book, Gary Tabb's book is outstanding. And, you know, it's very funny. I give a few acronyms 
to start people off on a healthy plan. The first acronym is GPS, no gluten, no processed food, and no sugar. The second one is DNA, no dairy, no nicotine, no artificial sweeteners. If you were just to adhere to those two acronyms, you would feel better within two to four weeks. It takes days, weeks, not months to feel better just adhering to that acronym. Sugar is the first thing that I go for, gluten and dairy are the seconds. Now, what about, I'm trying to kick added sugar because there's difference, and I'd like to know your thoughts on this. There's a big difference between sugar from an apple and sugar from a donut. So tell us the difference. Yeah. I mean, there's a big difference. And, you know, the donut is interesting because that is cane sugar, or if you will, sometimes what we call a man-made sugar, like high fructose corn syrup. Incidentally, the number one source of calories in America comes from high fructose corn syrup. About 18% of our caloric intake comes from that. And since 2014, it's been labeled as fructose, which if we can segue into an apple is fruit sugar, which has a very different task. But fructose and sucrose, regular table sugar, they're very similar. The difference is the apple comes with fiber. The apple comes with a chewing mechanisms. The other sugar is usually hidden, laden, and most people don't understand that blood sugar elevations from high amounts of sugar are one of the key inflammatory markers to deleterious outcomes in the body. Interesting. We've all heard that an apple a day keeps the doctor away. And of course, this goes right into what you're a specialist in, gut health. So tell us why an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Is that actually really true? You know, it, it's a great fruit. And if I had to upgrade it, I would say a couple of berries a day would keep the doctor away. But the apple, if you just want to talk about that, the apple does have some calories, but low calories. You talk about 60 calories for an apple. It comes with fiber. Fiber is a critical element. Fiber, or not only does it come in fiber, it comes with soluble and insoluble fiber. Fiber is a prebiotic. It's foods for the probiotics, probiotic to give life. Probiotic is critical because you need a, a large number of good bacteria in your gut. So that apple with that prebiotic fiber is feeding the probiotics, which ultimately lead to something called postbiotics. It's what's left because your probiotics, your bacteria in your gut, they're transient. They don't live forever. So it's what they leave. It's what their residue is, like a short-chain fatty acid. With all that being said, if somebody were to eat an apple versus put a couple of uh, scoops or a couple of teaspoons of uh, uh, sugar in their java, let me tell you something. That would be one quick, good, healthy change. Now, I read or heard from someplace that the the easiest way to change your addiction to sugar, and I really want to know your thoughts on this, is it doesn't take that long, as you just mentioned. So it, it, so when we eat a lot of sugar, donuts, McDonald's, you know, all those, you know, cupcakes and stuff like that, if we start eating a lot of fruit, you're actually changing the biomes or something in your gut, and eventually your body will begin to crave the fruit, the good stuff, as opposed to sugar. Is that true? So the microbiome refers to the idea of all the bacteria in your body. The microbiota is what's specifically in your gut. And without question, the good bacteria want to be fed well. They're going to want the apples, the bad bacteria that wants the garbage. And that's what gives you all the gaseous sounds. So without question, the good bacteria. Now, just so you know, we are outnumbered by our bacteria by about a thousand 
to one. Mm. So when you really think about it, the bacteria is a communication from inside the body, within the body to outside the body. Wow. That, that, that ratio is incredible. So you're saying we're outnumbered by bad bacteria to good bacteria, a thousand to one. Well, actually outnumbered from bacteria cells to human cells by a thousand to one. Oh, wow. As far as good and bad bacteria, it's something called dysbiosis. That's an unleveling of good and bad bacteria to have or to avoid dysbiosis. We need about 85% good bacteria. So it's not 51 where you win an election or you're the <laughs> class president or whatever. It's about 85%. And then if you wanted to delve even more, it's the kind of strains and species within that that will really depict the properties of health that you have. I can tell you this. I ask all my patients two simple questions. What have you done for your guts lately? Do you have the guts to be healthy? Oh, I love those questions. Okay, so people listening to the show are probably like me. We love our sugar. We love our sweets. What can we do today? Because I'm a man of let's let's take action, okay? This is the, the information you've given us just in the few minutes you've been on the show is awesome. But I don't want people to go, well, I don't know. I want something to that they can grab onto and do today. So we are a sugar-addicted society. I mean, my wife and I uh, eat Ezekiel bread, which has no preservatives, no sugar. It's got to mm. be frozen. But most bread's got sugar in it, which is bizarre. I just can't believe that. So what is, what is something we could do today to begin to get away from our addiction to sugar? It's a great question in that, so sugar is usually hidden through multiple labelings and multiple packagings. So if you can't give up processed food, just read the label in that if the label has a lot of ingredients, don't eat it. There's no label ingredient for grad fest beef that's long or broccoli or asparagus or kale. So avoid that. You want to know what I would tell everybody to make a change in the morning every day. And it's not just a sugar change. Drink organic coffee versus regular coffee. Really? And the reason, it, yeah, well, the real simple reason is that non-organic coffee has more pesticides than anything but tobacco in this world. So if you can get those pesticides out, you'll keep your gut health pristine. Now, also with that, there's your opportunity to use something non-sugary. Most people take a lot of sugar in going into that Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts. So avoid the packaged foods with long labels, change from organic or non-organic to organic coffee or non-organic to organic tea and drink more water. You drink water, you're not going to want to have the sugar rush. And lastly, believe it or not, eat good quality foods, eat more quality fats. If you get satiety, a sense of fullness, you're not going to need that sugar rush. Hey there, it's Mark. And I want to invite you to become a Mark Stuchowski insider and get the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely free. It all happens over at mrproductivity.com. The peanut butter that I use has two ingredients, peanuts and oil. <laughs> that's it. And when, when I switch from the, you know, the Jif and the Peter Pan that's got loaded with sugar to this right. peanut butter, it, it took me a few days to get used to it because I'm like, oh, my, my body wanted that sugar, but it didn't take me that long to get used to pure peanut butter. It's amazing. Peanut butter is a great choice. And I, I'll even offer you another option, an almond butter. But you're right. What did you say? It's peanuts and an oil. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's whole food. Yeah. 
I've always heard that you should eat uh, closest to the original. Um, what's where the original source? Closest to the source. In other words, it's better to have an apple than applesauce. Is that true? Correct. You want to eat your foods in its whole form. You want to cook them. You want to cook them, but you don't want to overcook them. I agree. So one of the first things I say is let's eat whole foods. Jack O'Lane, who's obviously the fitness guru of a lifetime, and believe it or not, a chiropractor, Dr. Jack O'Lane, 1936, graduated. He made a poignant statement. He said, if man makes it, I won't eat it. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. Now, I, I happened to see a post on your LinkedIn profile a couple days ago about how uh, foods that you can use to boost the immune system. And, you know, we're going through this COVID pandemic. And I, I got to believe, I'm not a doctor. You're, you're a trained medical doctor. I'm not. But I got to believe that the immune system plays an integral part because the immune system has to be strengthened. It's like our warrior. And if we're eating processed foods, we're eating, like you said, gluten and the sugar and the dairy and all this stuff, it weakens our immune system. So when we get something like COVID or a cold or something like that, we can't fight it off. So would you share with us your list of foods? These are foods. These are not drugs because I know you say supplements are fine, but it's better to get your 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 nutrition from the, the building immune system from the food. So what are the foods we should be eating on a regular basis to boost our immune system? Excellent question. And yes, your immune system is a critical element. And a lot of the foods I'm going to recommend are based on helping your gut health because as we said earlier, 80% of your immune cells are in your gut. And without question, your immune system is under onslaught now, whether you haven't got COVID, whether you're post-COVID and long haul, or you're going to get a vaccine. So that's all choice. That's all on you. So let's look at some good quality foods. Well, I'm a big proponent of fats, but good quality fats. I call them smash fish or wild smash fish. The acronym for smash, salmon, mackerel, anchovies, sardines, herring. I love fatty fruits like olives, coconut, and of course, everybody's favorite, avocado. I limit the carbohydrates. I try not to eat too many grains. I certainly don't eat any gluten. And I like a little plethora of choices from nuts and seeds, and of course, your good old green vegetables. And I have to tell you something. My wife is a great cook and we eat no gluten, we eat no dairy, and she adds sugar to nothing. And we we eat all these different things. We've got cauliflower pizza at home. We have cauliflower pizza with vegetables, with a homemade tomato sauce, and we put a protein source, whether it's a, an organic chicken, whether it's wild salmon, whether it's grass-fed and finished bison. So again, I want to emphasize when you look at that list of foods, don't think healthy foods are expensive. You'll eat less because satiety will be higher, sense of feeling of fullness. And you're going to imbue yourself with tons of energy to want to get through the day. The number one complaint that people have coming into my office post COVID and or in general, believe it or not, is I'm tired. And when you're tired, your immune system is not operating at peak proficiency, right? In your immune system and you are not operating. I mean, there's no, you know, we were just having this conversation and, uh, you know, we're a bunch of guys, middle-aged guys. And we're like, I think we have more energy now than we did in our twenties because we now know how to take care of ourselves. We wanted to, but the data was incorrect at the point. We were eating a lot of carbs and proteins and no fats. Yep. Now that we've changed and, you know, the, the data for this type of eating plant-based, good whole foods, organic-based is robust. Now, 
I, I'm glad that you gave us other foods to eat besides broccoli and cauliflower. I do not like those two vegetables. I don't like the uh, – what's the word for them? They're kind of stringy. I, I just – I tried them multiple different ways. I just don't like them. But it's okay. I have other options. So if, if I don't like broccoli and cauliflower, I can still live to be 100. No doubt about it. You can have some spinach. You can have your blueberries. You know, And if you want a carbohydrate, have a sweet potato. Have some red bell peppers. You know, And, and use your herbs. Use your gingers. Use your turmeric. You know, and, and again, my favorite nut, you like peanuts, I'm, I'm, which is actually a legume. I actually like almonds. Oh, almonds are delicious. Nuts. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. So there's so many, you know, I give a list of foods and I never give a food list of foods not to eat. I just say, pick from here. And you've yes. got this cornucopia of things to pick from. And it's a more positive outlook. Yeah, I'll tell you something my wife and I are going to do because we're trying to get healthier together. Now, I most of the time, I will only drink water. We get that water delivered uh, to our house in those five-gallon recyclable containers. Uh, delicious water. If you're going to drink water all the time, you have to have water you like because not all water is created equal. But I told her we have to do this together. We can't be on two different eating plans. And I said, look, let's try it for 30 days. Let's go really healthy for 30 days. And see how we feel. And if we don't feel better, we can go back to where we're eating now. But, you know, you got to try. And if you want to live healthy life, you can't eat the processed foods. Like you said, the gluten, the um, the processed food, the sugar, the dairy, the, of course, I don't smoke, uh, the artificial sweeteners or flavors. Oh, did you say artificial flavors or sweeteners? Sweeteners. Okay. So, I mean, that, I love that GPS and DNA because that's an easy way to remember things because we are in a rush, rush society, even though we're, li- and I think it may be getting worse because we're working from home because the kitchen full of all that bad food is right down the hall and you go in there, grab a Snickers bar or you go grab an ice cream bar. It's so easy to eat the stuff because let's face it, you open up your refrigerator and you're like, should I have the pudding or should I have an apple? And your, your brain's going, Hey, or the the bad gut bacteria is going, hey, I want the pudding. I want the pudding. I want the ice cream bar. That's what it's screaming for. You know, that that is so well said that it is difficult to make a decision. And when I first started on this plight, I actually thought, and I apologize to anybody who may be listening, that I thought that they just didn't have resolve. But it's true. Your gut is communicating with your brain. And you've really got to change that ecosystem, that microenvironment in your gut. And you'll think and crave things that are different. So it is in steps. You just can't go cold turkey. And that's something that any practitioner, new practitioner hearing this really needs to understand that it, you know, it's really not their fault. They want to, they can't control themselves because of that urge and that urge, as in a lot of things actually comes from your gut because your gut communicates to your brain. Whatever your gut feels, your brain feels. Whatever your brain feels, your gut feels because it's bi-directional. It's a super highway to health. Mm. And as long as people understand that, all health begins in your gut. As I said before, it's the epicenter. My physician told me a number of years ago, don't have it in your house because if you crave ice cream and you don't have ice cream, you're probably not going to go get dressed, put your shoes on, get in the car, drive to the store, park the car, drive in the store, get a gallon of ice cream, pay for it, walk back out to your car, drive home. So if it's not in the home, it's a lot easier to eat right, correct? Yeah, if it's not in front of you. I agree with you. And, and that gets to making better choices. And I think that's some of the difficult things for a lot of people. And you said you like that list because there was a list. Most people know what's wrong. They just don't know what's right. And that's the biggest thing. So we all know what's wrong. If I ask somebody, hey, what'd you have for breakfast this morning? Well, I went to McDonald's. Well, do you think that's a good choice? No. Well, what would be a better choice? 
I don't really know, Doc. And that's why these podcasts like what you're doing are so informative and needed because you're giving people the information and knowledge to succeed in health. Now, one of the things I'm trying really hard to is my first step is to cut back on added sugar. So what I've been doing is like I've been for my indulgence, I've been having no sugar added ice cream. Is am I fooling myself? Is that, you know, is is that helping at all or am I just fooling myself? No, I mean, again, you may want to look at the ingredients and a little sugar isn't going to be as damaging as we all think, but I agree with you, no sugar ice cream. So I'll tell you, I don't consume a lot of carbohydrates other than green vegetables, minimal amount. So if I'm going to have an ice cream, I'm an avocado ice cream guy. There's a little sugar in there. Uh, granted, it's cane sugar. It's not that processed sugar. And I got to tell you something, Tom Brady's right. That avocado ice cream, it is yummy. I think if you took a three-year-old and then they closed their eyes and you said, how does this taste? They wouldn't know the difference. It's creamy. So good options there. But again, I wouldn't go no sugar and add an artificial sweetener. Now, since I mentioned artificial sweeteners, there are some sweeteners that I would recommend. So if you wanted something sweet and you wanted to put some sugar in, maybe some light maple syrup, maybe some light honey, light, not um, agave honey. (laughs) If you wanted to use something that they may call an artificial sweetener, you may want to consider a stevia and without question, monk fruit. The data is strong on consuming monk fruit, lohangao. So those are the ones as options if you wanted, or just a little maple syrup. But if you're going to do the maple syrup, don't back it up with Ronzoni pasta. Hey, I now have an affiliate program where you can earn up to 30% commission just for referring people to my paid program. To find out more, go to MrProductivity.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and click the link. <laughs> now, I've never heard of avocado ice cream. That's kind of like an oxymoron, like cheesecake. Cheesecake? It doesn't make sense. So you're telling me you recommend I try avocado ice cream. I've never had it before. Yeah, I do. It's in the house. And I mean, it takes us forever to get through. I may have a scoop every so often. And it, you know, if I, I'm a big proponent of that having there, I also use organic dark chocolate, not a problem. It's in the office. My staff consumes that, you know, if you think about the options versus chips and dips and all that other stuff or a soda, oh my God, they they get fined (laughs) if they brought a soda in here. You know, the dark organic chocolate's great. Over 70, 75% dark chocolate is extraordinarily healthy. And I don't know anybody who doesn't like it. Wow. Now, I drink, as I said, most of the time I'm drinking water right here. I'm in my home studio. I've got like water, like hands, just like arm's length away. But every once in a while, maybe once a week for one meal, my wife and I go out to to a, a, a restaurant in town here and I will have Diet Coke. So if I have Diet Coke once a week, but the rest of the week I'm drinking water, is that okay? Well, I'm going to say no, but yeah, I mean, if if that's all you're doing and that's the only thing that you deviant on, and that's fine. But I'm not a big proponent of Diet Coke because a lot of the Diet Cokes, again, I don't know if it's in a can that poses an issue, there's lead in the can. And what we found from those type of artificial sweeteners, NutraSweet and such, you have a two to three times increase of dementia and stroke when you consume that versus sugar alone. So sugar is bad. Those bad artificial sweeteners are worse. So you're saying if you want to have a soda, it's better to have regular Coke than Diet Coke? 
Well, I think there are some sodas that don't have any sweeteners in them now. Okay. I think, I've seen my wife. And there's always seltzer water, which okay. is just carbonated water. That would be a great choice. So I would want to avoid, again, the ingredient list. As long as okay. it's limited. It's kind of like you said. The only thing in your peanut butter is peanut butter and oil. Okay. Well, you know what I used to do is I used to bring my water bottle with me to the restaurant. And so I'd get, you know, the junk food from the, from the counter. It was like, you know, hamburgers and stuff like that, but I would drink my water. And the last couple of times I've gone out and they've had diet Coke saying, Oh, one time's not going to hurt. But now you got me really, really uh, rethinking that, sir. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, it's funny. I want food to be restorative. I don't want it to be restrictive. So I want you to pick things that will restore your health, restore your microbiome. I don't want you to feel like you're on a diet in a jail term because you know what? We're humans. We inherently want to fight back from that. So think of the things like, is this going to restore nutrients? Is it going to give me energy? Is it going to give me health? Don't think it's like restrictive. I can't eat that because I know it's not fitting under that funnel, if you will. Well, you know, listening to you talk, Dr. Silverman, is like drinking from fire hose. You gave us so much to think about. And listener, listen, just pick one thing that Dr. Silverman said. Just one thing. I mean, don't don't try to do everything. Do one thing. And then, you know, and when he also said, I really appreciate you saying this. He didn't say throw all the food out in your house. You just say, hey, when you go shopping, replace it with good food. So eventually all the bad food's gone. All you have is good food. So don't waste food. I'm I'm a big proponent. Don't waste food. I think that's that's silly to do that. But just start small because I think if you start small, you're more likely to stay with it as opposed to if you just say we're going to go cold turkey and throw everything out, then you can have a rebellion in your house. Agreed. And I think that was the biggest mistake that I made at the beginning and that a lot of practitioners make, that they make everybody go cold turkey. Now, there may be incidents where somebody has a severe illness and they have to do that. But if we're talking about the person who wants to lose the quarantine 15 and wants to improve their health, small steps succeeding every day will get you to the finish line. And just remember, if you go off the plan, tomorrow's a new day. Yes. I love that. So Dr. Silverman, where can we go to find out more about you and what you're doing to help people in the world? Oh, thanks for the opportunity. Everybody, drrobertsilverman.com is my website. I'm on to all the different social medias. You meant the LinkedIn. LinkedIn and Facebook are two of my bigger ones. I do a lot of lives. Feel free to join me in my lives at Dr. Robert Silverman. Ask a question. Send a DM in. Let me know what you thought about the podcast. Let's talk. Let's get everybody healthy because the truth of the matter is when it comes to health, it's not just an individual thing. We are, and we've just learned, all in this together. My wife does the editing for my podcast and I normally just have her like, you know, just put the endings on. I'm like, you got to listen to this episode of, you know, as you're editing it because uh, you gave a lot of information and she needs to hear this as well. So we can be a team. It's just her and I at home. They're, the kids are gone. So it's just her and I at home. And if we have a united front, that's the key thing, uh, folks. If you want to do this at home, it just can't be one of five of you. It's got to be all of you together because otherwise one person can have hot dogs, one person is going to have McDonald's, one person is going to eat well. And, it's, and then you you're going to start having a, a problem. So I think the whole family, everyone in your group has got to be on board. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, it's funny. Uh, I'll make, make some changes and some suggestions when somebody, and they'll say, well, it poses an issue. And I'm like, what's the issue? And they're like, well, my husband eats this way and my kids eat this way. And I'm like, so you're letting your husband eat unhealthy and your kids eat unhealthier wow. while you eat healthy. Don't you all want to feast together? I mean, I understand maybe they want chicken and you want beef or, or fish or, or whatever. But other than that, 
don't you all want to eat healthy together? The biggest thing that I hear, and it's one of my teeth grinding moments, is like, well, if the kids don't eat it now, when are they going to be able to eat it? And I'm just like, they're developing now. Mm. You're setting a habit. I mean, my mom wanted nothing but success for me. She gave me grilled cheese, dairy, gluten with more dairy because it was butter because that's what she knew. Now, it's easy to say, mom, you were wrong, but the intent was good because the knowledge over in America wasn't there. So understand that food is information. Don't let food be inflammation. Wow. That's an incredible way to end the episode. Thank you so much for being here, sir. It's been my pleasure. You do a great job. Please continue with your messaging. I appreciate you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. I really hope it served you well today. Now head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up to be a free Mark Stuchowski Insider. Get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. Absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.